again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lunch Pail Podcast. Alongside Mike Nazolik, Virginia Tech football beat writer for the Roanoke Times. This is Aaron McFarling, sports columnist for the Roanoke Times. Happy Thanksgiving week, everybody, and more importantly, happy Tech UVA week. This is uh, always a busy, busy time for us. We're trying to cram everything we can into four days instead of five, uh, but there will be plenty of coverage for you to check out. Hopefully we'll have a lively show today. Mike, um, let's start with Pittsburgh. I mean, that's uh, 28-0. Tech gets the win, a second straight shutout against an ACC foe. It never happened in the ACC by by the Hokies. Uh, Your impressions of the the Pitt victory? Well, yeah, I made that joke, you know, because Bud Foster said it was going to be a 60-minute fist fight and it didn't really resemble that at all it was a, it was a knockout uh i watched last night um narduzzi's post-game press conference it was, it was very brief three minutes of, an- of analysis of his team uh not happy about anything um the, and and their quarterback spoke for 45 seconds and basically just said no to every question so <laughs> um they they left in a very good mood um I was surprised, you know, not to take anything away from from Virginia Tech's victory, but um, they did not alter their game plan. It was pouring rain, uh, did not try to establish the run at all. And Virginia Tech, you know, you talk about Bud Foster. We had the Bud Foster special section on Saturday, and it was like 40 pages of how he's a, you know, well, maybe half is a great, how he's a great technician and will kill teams that, you know, give him an opening. And... Going one-dimensional is about the worst thing you could do against a Bud Foster coach defense, and I, I was just kind of astounded at the that that game plan. I thought it was terrible, um, and it just fed into Virginia Tech's strength, and they were off and running. Offensively, they did enough. I mean, Pittsburgh's defense was pretty good. They were a hard-hitting group, uh, mm-hmm. top ten in the nation coming in. Um, but you know, you get a you get a, a pick six or a fumble return for a score, and then you know you don't need much else, and and they got enough. A couple big plays here and there, um, but yeah, the, just um, a wild game. Uh, you know, you thought it was going to be really close. You thought you know anything could happen, um, but really, it wasn't close at all. Yeah, I tweeted out on Saturday night how all the drives ended for Pitt. For Pitt, and um, I'll read it real quick. But you know, okay, punt, 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 fumble, punt, downs, punt, 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 downs, downs, punt. And I got a response from a couple of uh, UVA fans who said, uh, you could have made that more boring, you know, talking about a shutout than, than doing that. And and maybe they're right, but... Fans it, were aggressive. What, I, got a, what, I got an email that said my stuff was terrible on Saturday, so don't, well, don't what, feel bad. Well, what, what my point is, though, that the Tech has kind of rendered the last two weeks pretty dull. You know, I mean, we had all these wild victories of... Uh, you know, six overtime game and that that crazy game at Miami where they jump out ahead and then they give it all back and then they win it on a big drive. Uh, these two games, if you just are sitting outside and you're not you're not a Virginia Tech fan, just humdrum victories. I mean, just just they've they well, but I think you, you qualify it if you're not a Virginia Tech fan. Well, no, if you're no, a Virginia no. Tech fan, it's probably the most exciting football you've seen in absolutely decade. Absolutely, and and that's the thing. I mean. I, and not, neither one of us, I don't think, ever thought that they would get to a point in the season where they could make uh, games against ACC opponents feel like walkthroughs. You know, I mean, and that's what they've done to two straight opponents. Uh, nine straight quarters of scoreless football. Is that right? Nine uh, straight, yeah, yeah. Nine yeah. straight uh, going back to the Wake Forest uh, victory. Can you put that in perspective for us? I, I posted some numbers. Um, and I added these up. So they've outgained teams eight eight twenty eight to three seventy. They've only allowed one hundred thirty five rush yards during that nine quarters, all nine uh, combined. That's one point nine eight yards per carry in the red zone. Eleven of twelve, ten touchdowns, and the one was uh, the one that they didn't score on. Um, I think it was a Quincy Patterson was at the quarterback was that quarterback and it was late in the Wake Forest game. Tried to go for it on fourth down and have only allowed one trip into the red zone for their opponents. So I mean. It's not just like getting lucky or like you know uh, things breaking your way. It's like total domination, um, uh, pretty much one-sided. Um, and you know, you kind of said after that Georgia Tech game, well, 
Georgia Tech isn't very good, and you kind of try to discount it because, you know, you don't really know what that represents. Then they bounce back on short notice and beat NC State. So, I mean, they're still – I mean, they didn't give up, I guess. And so uh, – but now you beat Pitt, a team that had coastal hopes, was was looking if that that was a win. Um, you know, they, they would have been right there. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, just – not – I mean, it's just domination, not just beating teams a little, but, I mean – Winning in every facet of the game. Third down has really only been the weakness, but they haven't really needed to, to, to convert third downs. Yeah, and they'll enter Virginia with a 96 to nothing scoring run, which is something that maybe you see with the uh, UConn women's basketball or something, but not really with <laughs> football teams. Um, so I think uh, when you look at – you know, the, we talked about last week about how they were coming after the Yellow Jackets to get some revenge from the previous season. The pit game was even worse last year than, than the Georgia Tech loss was. Uh, to get that revenge, of course, is uh, had to be very, very satisfying. Um, Fuente was asked, you know, how, how much are you enjoying this? You know, because sometimes it's hard to tell when you, when you talk to Fuente if he's enjoying it or not. Um, the players were pretty subdued after the game. You know, they seemed kind of like, you know, uh, all business it felt like after the game. Um, but he did he did have a quote about how he really appreciates his team and he appreciates that he appreciated them even when they were not winning um, just the way they fought through things right yeah and in fact they did smile a little more I think this week than he has in previous weeks so that's always a good sign um, you know look they got work to do and, and I think that the key is kind of what you know when you have the ACC coastal kind of still up for grabs you can't you know, in his mind, especially, uh, you know, is always one and oh. And but I mean, in, in this case, you know, uh, and but Foster mentioned it. It's like each week now. I mean, this one uh, Pitt included was a playoff game. Mm -hmm. And so you're kind of trying to win. And it's the same thing last year. And they played well in that spot when they had to win against Virginia and Marshall. Uh, and this is the same way. Win here puts them uh, against Clemson. Um, so I get why they're kind of tempering their enthusiasm. But I mean, you've seen, I mean, they've been posting these videos and photos of backwards hat Fuente in the locker room celebrating. And I guess that's his, that's his move. Just flipping the hat backwards and he turns into a different person Crazy. Um, and, and gets rowdy. Um, so he is showing emotions with the players. Um, you'd like to see some of that at the podium instead of just like, what is rain? You know, how much precipitation is, is precipitation? It's like, oh, my gosh, come on, please. Or what is swagger? You know, it's like, OK, OK. Yeah, okay. It's, the, it's when you turn your back, hats backwards, that's what swag. Maybe is. we should start calling him Justin Hawk after Lincoln Hawk, the star of Over the Top. Um, Swaggy J is my, my name. It's an un um, underrated movie, wrestling for the custody of a child, arm wrestling for the custody of a child. Um, well, and, and Bud Foster mentioned after the game that Rayshard Ashby said, if the you know if you guys don't vote for him for all ACC, you're crazy. Um, Look, we Rayshard was really good even when they were not winning, even when the team was bad. His numbers every week, he was winning the ACC linebacker of the week. Every you want week. to get? I don't know if you saw because our he, email's down, but yeah. um, he was it was fifth fifth time this season, fifth time. That is crazy. Uh, Bud just loves the guy, and you can see why. Uh, do you, first of all, do you think Rayshard will get first team All ACC? And second of all, are there any other candidates on this squad, do you think, for, for league honors? Well, with Ashby, and we should mention, he had the forced fumble that was scooped up by uh, Norrell Powered for a touchdown. Um, you, you mentioned tackling machine, but he's also been making plays. They're using him uh, to blitz a lot. Uh, he's got a lot of tackles for loss, uh, forced some turnovers, and has been quarterback's face to kind of ignite things a lot of these times. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, Ashby sometimes, to me, you know, even though he's he's got – you kind of just take for granted what he's capable of or what he's been doing because, you know, it's five ACC players a week. You'd think, yeah, he's going to get it. But he's such a quiet player. You know, it's like not very flashy. just kind of goes to work like that lunch pail defense. But um, I would assume that he'd get first or second team. Um, you know, to me, Caleb Farley has got to be a lock for first team at defensive back. Leading the leagues in pass breakups. Had one really early. Um, you know – Tech's overall numbers have been kind of strange this season at times where they've given up a lot of pass yards. That's not on him. I mean, he's been – you know, you think back two years ago where fans were like, man, they made a mistake moving him from receiver. I mean, fans were really upset that this athlete uh, was – was, you know, after that uh, couple – I think he had two interceptions against Florida, Florida State or at least one, and then, um, you know, struggled, I think, throughout the rest of the season, just had ups and downs because he really never played the position and so was learning it. Uh, and now I think has taken it and and 
been one of the best. I think Jermaine Waller deserves consideration, certainly. I don't know about first team, but certainly, you know, I think they announced three teams. So, I mean, there's got to be room for him on there. Um, but those are the guys, those those three, I would think, um, deserve some consideration. I don't even know if we vote for that thing anymore. Do I don't we? think so. I think yeah. it's coaches, so I don't know. He's uh, – um, Foster must ha, might, might have to have like Pete they, their SID make some calls or emails. I or, think the ACC Sports Media Association does put out a team, but it's not like the recognized team. It's just sort of they, they just put one out. Uh, but the one that's put out is that's recognized is yeah. the coaches. And uh, going back to Rayshard's disruption and disruptiveness, uh, you know, obviously he was the guy who forced that fumble against Notre Dame that turned things around right before halftime. Uh, so that was a high-profile play, one of those. I mean, if, especially if they had won that game that uh, maybe people would remember. Yeah, he's and, had a couple of defining yeah. images. Yeah, Yeah. so, well, let's transition into, into Virginia here. Um, the line opened – well, I don't know where the line opened, but it's at – It was open at Pickham. Open at Pickham, which uh, I said uh, during the game on Saturday, I said – I think it might open at Virginia Tech minus one. Somebody responded to that and said, yeah, and it'll be two and a half by Wednesday. Well, it's not even Wednesday. We're taping this on Monday. It's already two and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the only direction this line's going to go. I don't think it's going to go back in Virginia's direction unless we hear something about injuries or some sort of suspension or some, uh, you know, some reason that would you know really change the line. Uh, Tech's form is just too good right now. Um, what, what are you looking forward to? On Friday, I mean, what? This is only your second, you know, version of the rivalry. You got a great show last year to cover um, with with the back and forth, and it was overtime game too, right? Yeah, first yeah. one of the the rivalry. Um, so, so it can only go down from there. <laughs> I mean, I think we all expect a good game. I think we all expect a lot a lot of uh, excitement in in Scott Stadium. Uh, what it, what does Tech need to watch out for most? Do you think? Uh, regarding Virginia oh Bryce Perkins I mean I, I he hasn't you know I think when you th I you know I don't know what the Virginia fan base thinks about his season this year I'd imagine it's a little underwhelming I mean I think they thought maybe you know it'd be kind of special um it's been good but you know you look at his numbers and, and they're okay um but you know uh, I think the hype around him was that you know he'd be kind of the um, second best quarterback in the ACC by a wide margin, you know, it'd be him, Trevor Lawrence, him, and then everybody else. Um, and I don't think it's been that way. He's had some some rough games, um, and uh, but I, he's still capable. You know, you saw uh, what was it against North Carolina a couple weeks ago, where he could kind of take things over right. and and just sort of light up the the box score and the scoreboard. So I, I'm interested to see. And you know, um, talk to him at the ACC media days and that fumble. Uh, weighed heavily on his conscience, um, uh, you know, kind of bad exchange at the end of that that overtime. Um, not really all his fault, but um, you know, he he put it on his shoulders as the quarterback should. Um, so I think he's going to be as motivated as anybody on that field on on Friday. And um, for a guy that's I think looking for that moment, you know, this this year. This would be the way to go out, right? You know, you get the coastal title, you finally end that streak against Virginia Tech, um, and you kind of wipe away some of the the disappointment. You know, that that three losses this year, and you know, two of them one possession games where you probably should have won. I mean, this shouldn't even have been for the coastal. I think in Virginia's mind, if they had kind of taken care of business, so that's kind of what I'm watching. And and you know, dynamic player, different quarterback. You know, you think about Duke's kind of dual threat guy, not nearly as talented, but they struggled a little bit against him. But they haven't faced anybody like Perkins this year. Right. Uh, and it's been a while since I've covered a Virginia game this year. But when I, was I got, the last time I got you to saw a couple him. of them earlier in the year? I think I went to the Duke game. Uh, and I can't remember which. which so that was October 19th, so it's been a while. I yeah. mean, I was at the ODU game because Tech wasn't playing that day. Um, so I, I've seen a couple of games for Virginia, but I know Perkins. It was a little bit slowed early in the season. Their offensive line was a mess early. In the I was at the Miami game in in Miami uh, that they lost. Um, How'd you forget that one? That was yeah. your week long sabbatical. <laughs> yeah, right. It was too much fun. <laughs> um, yeah, a little little cloudy, partly cloudy, as Marty Smith likes to say. Um, Don't remember it because it was cloudy. That's so. That's the saddest. Like the smallest violin. No, is I mean my brain him. was partly. Cloudy. Oh, you're having a little too much okay, fun. So that yeah, was no, okay. That's no. fair. Um, Here's but the, you said it was cloudy, so that the rain made you sad. <laughs> it was, it that was, was the first thing you said. You're like, well, it was raining. 
It was, thinking of it again, I mean, it's just that whole thing, I, I, I love to visit, but I don't want to live there, and I felt like I was living there. You got after three days, you were done? I felt like I was living there. Uh, but the thing is, you know, you, you go into this season and you say, well, when Virginia Tech and Virginia play, if both teams are healthy, the one place you know Virginia's going to have a decided advantage is that quarterback. You know, Bryce Perkins is amazing. I don't know that Virginia Tech would trade Hendon Hooker for for Bryce Perkins, even for a one off. Throw around a first round pick in there or something, right? For a, I mean, yeah, I mean it's 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 a, I mean, I'm not just talking about the fact that you know Hooker is now entrenched as a starter and will be the starter next year and perhaps. I the think year take after away. That. You have to. I think when you talk about take away, because I mean, obviously, you, you you know Virginia might do that because you have a couple years left. But take away their age, take right. away their eligibility, just just on the field performance yeah. right now. Yeah. I mean, you got a, a guy that's six and zero. Oh, he's uh, he's what he completely better than eighty percent of his passes in the rain against Pittsburgh. He was something like twelve for fifteen. Uh, I think he was, and and you know he was efficient. He still hasn't thrown a pick. I know. Tech well, let's talk about that. Uh, Tech stat guy, uh, credit him. He's gone 110 throws to start his career without interception. That's a record. Is that Damian um, Salas? Damian. Yes, yeah. and then um, uh, the, the record is 149 just in general uh, without interception. That was Sean Glennon. So, um, and you know what was their kryptonite? It was interceptions early in the season, right. and he's stepped in and not thrown one and really there was that one throw against georgia tech and that was the only questionable one that was like could have been intercepted the rest uh 10 touchdowns zero interceptions so pretty impressive record streak here to start his career and it's not just the tangible numbers either it's also just the way he has buoyed the entire team I mean, Boo. you just, buoyed. You I like just look around and, and he's every whacked you could say he's <laughs> whacked the opponent he's whacked opponents and he's buoyed the team you look around and, and the players are all talking about how you know he just had the utmost confidence in him. He and he's just made everything better. He's made the defense better. The defense wants to, uh, I think, knows that they're going to get a nice little break if they can get a stop. You know, it's not going to be a quote unquote sudden change situation where they got to get back out there and and make a goal line stand or something because there's been a, a terrible uh, pick thrown. You know, in a bad situation. I I just I don't know that Tech would want to trade hooker for anybody at this well point. and, and you, you know he doesn't qualify for the league lead with stats because he hasn't played enough game but if he did his quarterback rating of 179 33 would almost be 10 point higher 10 point 10 points higher than the leading uh person in the league which is obviously trevor lawrence at 171 so um playing at a level of a of, of a great quarterback um you know i not as gaudy of a number certainly but they're not asking him to throw it 40 times right. 30 times a game not even near that um you know asking him to run the ball a bit i was really surprised in that pick game that they were taking so many of those chances because i was like man he hurts that ankle again and this virginia game takes you know you talk about that line going the other direction right. i thought they could have uh, eased up on him a little um but you know, we've talked about how he's been sort of central to this turnaround, and I don't think there's any question that um, every aspect of his game is what Tech needed. You know, the running, the attitude, the 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 efficiency, the, the protecting the ball, composure. So, yeah, yeah, it's like all those things are elements that they were missing that they needed. And you know, no offense to Ryan Willis, you know, it, it, it's just it, it wasn't working through that first four weeks, and and you know. As those weeks gone, you know, Ryan had some of that last year. I mean, that he had that on the field against Virginia when he led that comeback mm -hmm. um, and um, just kind of lost it. You know, I think lost his confidence a little bit. Um, and now you have these two quarterbacks um, and, and against a depleted Virginia secondary. I mean, you you haven't seen them since they lost all those guys, I don't think, um, either. So Yeah, Hall um, went down in the game I was at at, okay. the, at the Miami game. And they've game. lost a couple other guys yeah. since, I think. So, um that's something that you know Virginia's got obviously going to be conscious of because Virginia Tech has done a good job of 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 not sort of you know they take their shots and they've picked it they they've picked it at secondaries kind of you know not constantly not trying to get in long, third long but you know that Tavian Robinson throw that you know and and just here and there uh, Dalton Keene had that big one down the middle so um, they're just looking for one or two to kind of try to get their offense going. Um, what do you think the keys to this game for Virginia? Well, before we get to that, I mean, the, I wanted to talk briefly about health because I mean, we know Virginia has had some some significant injuries. We have not – they've changed this media schedule this week a little bit, so we have not had an opportunity as of this moment to ask Fuente about um, 
Trey Turner or uh, Tavian Robinson. Or Tavian Robinson, who uh, the, the Turner looked like he may have gotten you know a, a head. And a, a, yeah, he got and, and well. That was that targeting call that the uh, on Paris Ford. He got thrown on the game, yeah. and uh, Turner immediately just grabbed his head like that. That was a concussion. So you worry about that. And, and Robinson was sort of wasn't sure if it was lower body or or, or yeah. He concussion. sort of limped off the field yeah. at one point. Uh, so we don't know about that. But I mean, he's an important part too for this team. But overall, you look at Tech. You know, you know, McLeese has been healthy. You know, the, they've gotten guys back like Hazelton. Who else am I missing? Really, some the only of the person, defensive guys, too. The, none of the defensive guys are, are injured right now, really. Um, you know, they had hamstring injury, injuries for Connor and Ashby, and they're fine now. Yeah. Silas Janzi is the only one that was out last week. He didn't dress, but uh, – Luke Tenuta has done, you know, they were alternating possessions essentially, and Luke Tenuta's a giant, um, and he's been very good. So, I mean, that's not like, you know, if they got uh, Janzy back, you might play a little bit, but um, really, you know, your your injuries, the, the the two to watch for Virginia Tech are those receivers because those guys really have been your kind of big play guys right now. You know, Hazelton, uh, more of a possession guy, got a, a touchdown um, and, and can do some things, but you want Turner and Robinson in to kind of, you know that's all their motion. That's, those are the guys that are just kind of running around. And Robinson's really provided a um, spark on punt returns. You know, yes. Grimsley hadn't been there for about two weeks, and they came in and fumbled the first punt he touched. Yeah. So, um, but and Robinson has that burst. You know, you see not much room, but he can. He has that just amazing acceleration. Um, and so that yeah, that we'll be be asking about that here in about an hour and a half, and I'm sure we'll get a grumble. And a and a and a shake of the head. So um, we'll do our best, but I would say that they'll be sort of we'll know when we get on the field on Friday. But health is just such a big deal, and it's such an overlooked thing. So many times, you know, like when you when you look at how teams have changed or evolved or gotten better or gotten worse, sometimes we just we don't talk enough about the pieces that they have, have that maybe they didn't have. Or well, Tech on. was depleted last year on defense by the yes. end of the season, and, and they're kind of in the opposite situation where they've got everybody right now. So, um, and they're playing well together. So, um, you know, you're not getting a, you know, Hashan Gaines, their leading pass rusher, was out for the season. And, and you know, you, you're missing a bunch of other guys. You had guys banged up all over the place, and, and that's not the case. So, Virginia Tech certainly going, um, if Turner and Robinson are, are healthy, they'll be at almost 100%. Yeah. Um, and, they, and I think they, they like that. They obviously like uh, where they're at. But now back to keys. I want to yeah, know the keys, the keys of the game. What do you think? Uh, you know, it's it's we always joke about it in the press box that uh, when we used to do the three keys in the paper, one of them was always start fast, and part of that was I, I still do them. So obviously you don't read the read the paper, I know, or I, you don't read my keys to the maybe game. Maybe I didn't see. Maybe I don't see the key. I always see your breakdown on the left side there, where you have who's yeah. who's got the edge, and I read that. Um, maybe I, I'm just missing. Maybe not that, looking. You have dogs, so you use that for the uh, the <laughs> line the cage. So anyway, the, you're saying it, you don't see it. The start fast thing. We joke about it because you can grade it at halftime, right? You can just go ahead and get that one out of the way. Uh, but I didn't realize that. That is a good spot. It's like you got to open the first five minutes. F. <laughs> I'm <Right>. done. <laughs> well, you, you yeah, I did see your grades this week. You gave him an F for something, right? Uh, yeah, down in distance. I said they had to get third and manageable. Their average down in distance. This was incredible. Their average down in distance on Saturday was ten point six yards on third down. So that's an F. That was that's not. They faced two third and shorts the entire game. How'd you they, like to whoop somebody twenty eight nothing? Wake up and get, get your F. morning paper. And they get faced you, a get third and twenty five and third and twenty eight. I mean, they were terrible. I mean, they they just and it, what's, what's shocking is it didn't matter. Pittsburgh had them average on average backed up on third down at third and ten, and they lost twenty eight to nothing. Yeah. Very deserving of that grade. Yeah, what am I do D minus because <laughs> they won. I think I think the start fast applies here. I mean, I think I think you do you don't want not want that crowd getting. You Which love, team needs to start fast? Well, Virginia definitely needs to start fast. Virginia definitely needs to start. So this fast. is a key to the game for both teams. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got to prevent them from starting fast. Start fast yourself. Um, I, I think some of the things that we've seen in in recent weeks that Tech has done so well with the time of possession and sustaining drives and and you know keeping the ball out of the opposing offense's hands that's that's an obvious key because look, Bud Foster's defense is playing as well as it has in in a long long time right now. It's coming into this game, but still. Running quarterbacks are still a thing for Virginia Tech. You know, you st they still have to uh, prove that they can contain 
a, a really, really dynamic rushing threat at the quarterback position because what Bud always talks about is you, when you got a, run, a quarterback who can run, he's the one guy you're really not accounting for. You know, gives you an extra person basically in your offense that other teams that don't have a running quarterback don't have. So, uh, of course, they're going to be keying on him. I mean, that's going to be one of their uh, obvious uh, targets is just to make sure you keep that guy contained. But it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't matter with Bryce Perkins; he can still get away. Well, when you talk about start fast, uh, I think it's more important for Virginia that you try to get that streak, that nine-quarter streak, ended quickly, even if it's just a field goal. Uh, I think for sort of um, just to just to kind of knock Tech down a little bit, you know, get that get that emotion, let that emotion out of them, because they've been just building, yeah. and um, and they and they and. Something Foster mentioned was that, you know, those defensive touchdowns sometimes snowball that when yes. you get one, you know, they've had three out of the last four weeks and and that emotion and that and that and it just kind of brings your team together and you start playing. And that's kind of how it's been. It's kind of snowballed. And you don't want to go, I think, that first quarter and not score a point because then right. Tech's going to feel start good you know, defensively, even if it's zero zero. You don't want to give that defense this defense, you know, just what? A month ago was struggling on kind of quick change of possessions or, or letting up a big play that had kind of struggled to bounce back and i'm not saying that they'll that it'll go back to that extreme but i just don't think you want to play with that confidence you don't want to play you know we saw it didn't look like pitt would score if the game was 10 quarters long and that's and and, and you know it, it got to the third quarter which is like this thing is is over well, and so i think for virginia you just kind of want to say like look we're here we're not backing down um, we're not quitting, and this is you know we're we're here to, to to make this a game. So, um, getting on the board I think is absolutely in that first quarter what you want to do. So as you were putting together all those Bud Foster stories for the Bud Foster special section, you were probably thinking to yourself, why are why are we honoring this man this way? <laughs> You'd seen two years, of course, a year and a half of of not very good defense. Uh, I'm just joking. I mean, you you have a historical perspective. Uh, even though you weren't covering the no, team. No, but your point, I mean, but well, th I think the worry was, like, fan, are fans going to use this as lining their <laughs> – if they had lost that Georgia Tech game or gotten blown out by Wake Forest? Well, it, it really could not have come out on a better day because that was vintage. I mean, it looked – and what vintage Bud Foster defense is, players are coming from everywhere. You know, the quarterback has no idea where the next the next threat is going to come from. the The front four is getting pressure uh, on its own. You know, they're doing that now. As as Charlie Wiles would say, they're pinning their ears back. You know, they're pitching a fit in there. Uh, they're doing all that. Uh, well, and it was I think a good exchange was uh, you know talking about playing with house money. You know, you mentioned that punt, which was your favorite exchange. <laughs> uh, punt was your favorite, but Chamari uh, Connor gets that late hit, which was just, a, I wrote about it, a dreadful call. Awful call. I, I took a screenshot. The guy's dragging his foot in bounds for five, five yards and Chamari Connor's contacting him and they still call a late hit. Um, but he gets the late hit and so he comes back the next possession, sacks the quarterback, and then the next possession blows up a reverse, just kills the same guy that he tackled out of bounds. And sort of that's kind of the you know, just physical, like you're going to play's going to go against us. Fine. We'll just destroy you anyway. And so I think that's sort of that that speaks to that, that Bud Foster sort of stick to it of this where, all right, fine. You want to take that one away? Here's another one. Yeah. Well, I, I do have something of a man crush on Oscar Bradburn. We're going to get mean, to talk to Oscar today. I hope so, because he's great. And, and he calls it, we'll ask him for his best sledge talk. That's what he calls trash talk. Oh, I guess what they call sledge it. Talk? Sledge talk? Yeah, he said that at the uh, media day. I called it sledge talk because he was the one that uh, <laughs> tweeted after uh, they were trying to break the rock, and, and he made fun of it. And um, he was talking about that <laughs> at the media day. He said right after he tweeted, he went to took a nap. And then he woke <laughs> up, and his phone was literally like blowing up with everybody. So he's like, oops, I think I may have made a mistake. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, Oscar Bradburn. Hopefully, will give us some sledge talk. But the most sledge talk is going to come from the former former Tech players. That's those are the guys uh, that or Virginia's that Twitter love. account, I guess. Uh, yeah, Virginia will. And, and, you know, Bud mentioned the Rock in passing as well. For those who don't know, what Virginia does is after they beat a team, they put up piece of rock out there and they give a sledgehammer to whoever was the player of the game and they'll let the guy bash the rock and break it and they, they film it and they tweet it out and all that um you know people i think even virginia fans at one point were making kind of like rolling their eyes at the at the tradition but virginia players care about it and virginia 
Virginia Tech players have noticed it, and and it's added some juice, and I like it. I like the, the fact that there's well, some, some juice added. Here's a plug again to our, our Bud Foster section, which we mentioned like 10 times, but I talked to Rod Sharpless, a co-defensive coordinator, um, who uh, helped come up with the lunch pail and, and found the lunch pail, um, and uh, we kind of wrote the definitive origins of the lunch pail, but his quote was pretty apt on this. He's like, you know, that was the first, right? I like memorable sort of like iconic symbol of a defense or of a team and these rocks and turnover chains are are very much pale imitations and nothing can compare and I think that's fair I, I think his assessment's fair like you know and even like the turnover chain whatever is cute you know it's fine or, or like sort of a symbol but now teams have gone like way overboard the breaking the rock with a sledgehammer just seems like way too intricate for my for my liking well it should be noted that uh, Virginia Last year, put all its players off limits. This year, they're allowing two to speak, and they're going to have the. Oh, I didn't notice. The that. coordinators okay. are going to speak this week. Uh, I like it. So now, if Virginia Tech, so they do the sledgehammer on a weekly basis. But if they beat Virginia Tech after what is it, sixteen? Now the streak's out. Yeah. Well, it's fifteen. Fifteen, now. and they're going for sixteen. Do they like get dynamite and tie it to the rock and then explode it? Because like, I mean, you got to do something different for winning that, right? I mean, has this been thought about at all on, on Virginia's side? I'm sure. I'm sure it was asked uh, of Bronco today. So you know, if they have any special plans for any, do they send it into space? <laughs> shoot it. Shoot the rock into space. I can only imagine what the scene there would be like. And there's going to be a lot of tech fans there, of course. There always are. Uh, but for the just the release of just 15 years of pent-up frustration, both w among the players and uh, the fan base there, I think would be a an incredible sight. Uh, and, of course, Virginia Tech wants no, no part of that. I mean, they, they would like to just keep that misery alive forever. Have you covered a Virginia win? Yes. Uh, I've been here 20 years, so, okay, so I would have covered a couple. I covered one. Al won one. Um, so just one, though, in 20 years. No, I think I've covered one. No, because the streak is that before it? that was like five. Okay, yeah. Al, Al, Al Groh won up. one. Yeah. I can't remember what the score was, and I can't remember the circumstances around the, around the game. You know, that's why I used the word circumstance, because I mentioned Al. Al loved that word. That was his favorite word. And he, he was quoted in Berman's story in the Bud Foster section. Ding, 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 ding. And he used the word alacrity, which I like. I, I miss Al. I loved Al's uh, press conference. I love Broncos press conferences too, though they're they're interesting. They're they're different. He You're killing a, time. You're doing good. All right. So the last win was 2003. Uh, Virginia Tech was up, I think, that game at halftime and and lost 35 to 21. The the only win before that was or, um, 1998. So that would have been before your time. Yeah. So you've only covered one Virginia win. That was in Charlottesville, um, and uh, Virginia Tech has won all of them since. Well, the metaphor that's been used over and over and over to describe this is the Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown, you know, where you say over and over, this is the year, this is the year, this is the year, and then yoink, the, there goes the ball, you know, and it's not getting kicked. And we'll get to our predictions after our pick three here, but I think I think I know where you might be going, and I know where I'm going on this. Uh, so, uh, you know, but it, it should be a magnificent game. It should be one of the better, uh, I think, versions better editions of this that we should mention this is the third time since virginia tech joined the acc that uh that this will be for the coastal division the first was in t 2007 the second was in 2011 yeah uh and both those games were in charlottesville tech uh i think one of them was a blowout and both of them might have been a blowout i'm not 2007, sure 2007 3321 okay, and 2011 uh was 38 nothing yeah. so that and, was blowout. and so yeah i was of course in, in the in the in the house for both of those and you know it 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 got stale there for a while there was a stretch there where this game got really stale but i think bronco has revived it um with by making his team competitive and uh so it's it's, it's a really well, it seems like when the teams were not as very good, they're good games. Uh, you had because like in from like twelve to fifteen, were almost all one possession games. Yeah, but the lead up to the games was pretty juiceless because you know they weren't for much. I mean, other than like Tech needed to win to like go to a bowl. <laughs> like, but you can only write that story so many right, years in a row. It was kind of a Groundhog Day scenario. All right, uh, you want to get to our pick three? Sure. Uh, I'll start. 
I gotta go with my now spoiler reviews of Mandalorian. Or you haven't seen it. Are you gonna watch it? Are you a Star Wars guy? Uh, not a huge guy, but I- I'll probably watch it eventually. So I mean, I guess I'll tread lightly. The third episode was was. I mean, this show is really trending in a positive direction. I'll just say that. Um, fantastic. If you haven't seen it, Mandalorian on Disney Plus. We're not getting paid for that plug, unfortunately. Um, uh, it's a show about um, a, a bounty hunter in the Star Wars universe set between the original trilogy and the new trilogy and um, very, very Western vibe. Uh, really good soundtrack, really good music. Um, um, What's the deal with that. Baby Yoda? Why is oh, so you've seen Baby Yoda. So spoiler alert. So the child, that was the sort of, so the first episode he sent on a bounty, because he's a bounty hunter. So he's given a, a, a task to go locate a package or a person um, and so he finds it, and the, the episode ends with him opening this pod, and it's a child, and it's it's a baby Yoda who's supposed to be 50 years old, but they age differently. We don't know in the Star Wars lore. This is really nerding it up. They don't know the name of that race, and there's only been two on screen, Yoda and one other one. So this is sort of like a, you know, and the Force the users have been purged from the universe mostly, so... Um, very mysterious and there's not look three episodes in we know very little about anything the story is very slow developing but um the aesthetic and the look and the feel of the the show is is so so good that and i'd recommend it yeah i saw the first three you know the original ones and then i saw the the one where the stormtrooper went rogue i thought that was a pretty good uh episode but I i never saw any of the three in between that like the ones with jar jar binks and stuff i didn't see any of those so gotcha um all right, my first one, Dwayne Haskins. I mean, this guy. I, I, I made a short-term investment on the Washington Redskins yesterday. Short-term investment. And it, was, it paid off, but, man, what a miserable game to watch. And, of course, you dumpster diving when you're taking I did. I liked your tweet of the uh, <laughs> because I was watching this at a bar. Uh, I was getting lunch, and they did switch to the game. You know, we're – uh, Kurt Menefee comes on and says, we're taking you to our our, our uh, bonus coverage. <laughs> and, and you tweeted, sorry, sorry fans. <laughs> Sincerely <laughs> apologize for the bonus coverage of Lions Redskins. Yeah, it was it – was, I watched it stem to stern. And, boy, Haskins, if, if you watched the end of it, you know what he did. I mean, he did – he was not there for the kneel down, the victory formation, because he was taking selfies with stand, fans in the stands, which he had not earned that right because he was terrible. I mean, Haskins is not the answer. I mean, that, that uh, Lorian guy or whatever, that receiver, he's really good. He saved his bacon with a nice catch on their game-winning drive. Yeah. But uh, but Haskins, he was acting like he had done something, and he he hadn't. And I don't think he's going to get any better. He was very inaccurate. That's I mean, that's writing a quarterback off very quickly. Uh, yeah. He's a rookie. I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do it. He did have one nice run. He's not really known as a runner too much, but – he had a nice run that picked up a first He's done. Down. It's over. This but, is a whoopty damn do situation. Uh, well, I mean, you can't miss wide open receivers in the NFL because they don't get open like that very often. But I how mean, bad are the Lions then that if they lost that bad. Washington I mean, they got that, team. that quarterback, what Driscoll is their quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's Stafford's out. I mean, injury. that was my theory in betting it. I was just like, you know, the Redskins are going to win one game, another game here somewhere along the line, and this is as good a chance as any. So they did. Uh, number two, I started watching um, Watchmen on HBO, streaming it uh, on Amazon Prime. Um, it's a, based on a comic book property in the 80s by Alan Moore and uh, Dave Gibbons. Um, sort of famous for sort of kickstarting um, comics as sort of serious art, a serious story, very dark, uh, satirical story. Um, superheroes with sort of an edge and, and very dark and very, very mature themes. Um, I never really loved it. Um, as much as sort of people call it like a seminal work um, of like a graphic novel um, it, in, in it's good but I never sort of like this is the end all be all uh, the sequel series um, um, is by J uh, is by David Lindelof who did lost um, has done has done some some uh, taken on some big properties um, and I haven't loved his stuff either but uh, it's been talked about a lot on, on you know we're on Twitter all the time so just kind of want to see what it's at like very, you know, very different. Very uh, I, people that haven't read the, the graphic novel, I just think would have no idea what's going on. So, and I haven't read it in a long time. And even I mean, my some references fly over my head. But um, uh, very the vibe of the show is interesting. But I don't know that I'd recommend it to somebody that a hadn't read the graphic novel, b didn't like comic books at all because I think you'd be really just sort of confused um, and. Uh, yeah, so sort of mixed reviews. I I'm gonna give it. A, I think you know. I think it's nine or ten episodes a season. I'll, I'll I'll plow through, but 
sort of I'm just looking for things to watch because I, I, I watch, I've watched like everything that's out there. <laughs> I'm out of shows. Well, I don't delete tweets very often, and there was a time when I never deleted anything, but I've learned to clean up some of my messes uh, as we go along. And one tweet I put out, I guess it was probably Saturday night after the game, uh, was the list of the top five gambling movies of all time. And I had number one was Let It Ride. Number two was Vegas Vacation. Uh, number three was Mississippi Grind. Number four was... Uh, Grind? Mississippi Grind oh, with, r- with Ryan Reynolds, uh, yeah. Uh, four was uh, go back owning, look, owning Mahoney. I'd and, go back and, and look for the tweet, but it's been deleted. And number five was Player 5150. And I got so much response from people that uh, I was totally disrespecting Rounders. I think Rounders is overrated. I, I need to go back and watch it again. Because I, I think the first time I saw it, I had never played a hand of Texas Hold'em in my life. Not that you need to necessarily, because I mean I could understand the game from watching it, but um, maybe with you know having been in poker rooms now and having played against uh, other human beings and online and all that, uh, I'd have a better appreciation for it. So I took it out because if you know me, gambling is very important to me. Uh, you don't want to make a list like that hastily. But I do recommend Let It Ride. If you're a, if you have ever been to a horse track, no movie ever. So what other movies are in consideration? I'm looking at some other gambling movies. I think Rounders is really overrated. Um, just really overrated. Um, but I mean, what other ones? I mean, some people would I've say never like seen the color of money and stuff, but I, I'm not going to count that. I haven't seen uh, Owning Mahoney. I don't. That I guess that looks like Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's really good. It's it's slow and it's a slow burn and it's about a guy who's you know addicted to to casino gambling and he's a banker who makes like thirty thousand a year and uh, he he rips off his bank basically. So what other uh, the gambler with James player fifty one fifty is really good. Gambler with James Con the cooler with William H Macy. The cooler was good. The cooler was good. Does Casino Royale count? Uh, I've never seen that. So Don movie with Bachrot. I, I have seen Casino. Casino that was good. Um, Cincinnati Kid, I haven't seen that. Does Ocean's Eleven count as a gambling I've movie? I've never seen that. So there, I mean, there's plenty of. Movies. So this list is the five movies you've seen that are gambling movies. No, I've seen more than. I mean, I've seen Twenty One. I didn't put Twenty One in there. I've seen uh, Two for the Money. I didn't put that in there. Um, so anyway, all right. Your Maverick. Thing. Does that count? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I mean, there's some some pool movies. You know, some billiards movies that uh, I just have no interest in seeing. Hustling pool. Does I mean, Rain Man count? They gambled in Rain Man, right? I've never seen Rain Man. So you just haven't seen any gambling movies? <laughs> I guess. Can't even weigh if they're gambling movies. Does Eight Men Out count? I've seen that. It's been many many years. I don't That's too tangentially rated. Like the, just the yeah. All right, so now we've got a third one. I could just keep listing movies, and you just keep going. I've never seen them, but that's probably not very exciting. <laughs> um, Black Friday is Friday, and it's more about the game than anything else. For, for fans, they're not going to be shopping. But I remember when Black Friday was so much fun. You go like at midnight on Thanksgiving, and you kind of get some cool deals, and, 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 and you know everything was open like early, but you know it'd be kind of a – you know, I, I know people started fighting and it got kind of ugly, but before all that happened, Brawls and such. before all that happened, you know, fans of, you know, movies or TV or, you know, electronics, would, you know, kind of have fun and kind of get something cool. But now, you know, Black Friday sales are starting, you know, they've already online and, you know, you could just really just stay at home and click. I mean, if you're going to the store, you're probably looking for like an insane TV deal that, you know, you can only get that one hour but other than that all the deals are online so it's really it's sort of i think the meaning of black friday has been tarnished and it's very sad to me because i always enjoyed uh, me and my sister would go after you know because i never really loved thanksgiving in and of itself like i'm a thanksgiving food guy turkey is just kind of gross a gross bird um and so that was kind of the the end of the night kind of celebration now it's just sort of not even worth it you know all these people have to go there at like four o'clock and waste their day to, to get shoppers just it, it's too tarnished now. I got you. No, you know my feeling about crowds. So I was never uh, one to, to, to participate in that. My, my in-laws did. They would go out and get stuff on, on Black Friday. Uh, my last one, the, the drumstick dash is Thursday. The, the, you know, it's the annual 5K in downtown Roanoke. And if you'd have told me 10 years ago that I would run in that on Thanksgiving Day, I'd tell you there's no way in hell. If you'd told me a year ago. Uh, that's the last thing in the world I want to do on Thanksgiving. But now I'm looking forward to it. I've I've walked it before with my dogs, but this year I'm going to jog it, and I'm not going to go fast, but I'm going to I'm going to jog it with the rest of the masses, and uh, 
it should be fun. Uh, my wife has become a really, really big runner. I just walked. I'm in the kitchen. This is my uh, 5K. It's <laughs> uh, actually 700, so 750 milliliter. Oh, Woodford, uh, Woodford Reserve. See, that's, um, this is the whiskey in, in Mississippi grind. That is Ryan it really? All right. So I, so I, I tied that in. That wasn't planned, folks. So this is, I just bought this yesterday. So this is my my family. <laughs> my wife got Thanksgiving week off and, and took the kids to go visit uh, her hometown. Um, and so I'm alone. Well, not alone anymore. I've got my old good pal Woodford Reserve here, and so that's my uh, turkey dash or door dash or whatever it is. This and a, and a steak is what I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. And so this is like the opposite of running a 5K. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink this, and I'm gonna sit on the couch and not move until I have to head to Charlottesville. So um, this is this is what's going on. So we can expect you to be a little partly cloudy when the kick kickoff comes at noon. On Full the cloudy, yeah. The, it's a hundred percent chance of precipitation. Um, uh, yeah, I started last night with the uh, Woodford Reserve. Um, we shook hands. It was very nice, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to finish this. That's, that, that's Thanksgiving dinner. Would you generally. be willing to reveal how much a bottle of that size costs? Uh, this isn't a super big deal. This was a uh, thirty-one dollars. Okay. Seven hundred fifty milliliters was on sale from thirty-six, and you can't pass up a deal like that. Yeah. No. I usually go for volume. You know, like they had the <laughs> huge old Forester bottle. It's probably double the size for like thirty-one. Or it was 36, but this was on sale, and this is good whiskey. So yeah, you know, I, no, I, I don't drink whiskey anymore. Uh, I've had it. Uh, I've had a bunch of different kinds. I've never had Woodford, but after seeing well, there's, all, there's never a bad time to get back on it. Um, so <laughs> if you want a glass, I, I guess I would say you know normally we're taping this after the press conferences. We could crack this baby open and, yeah. and get Thanksgiving started, uh, but I don't think showing up half in the bag to the press <laughs> conferences. Um, would be a good idea. Yeah, maybe maybe one of our uh, off-season uh, podcasts can be. Uh, we should do can, that. Can, the, can the, the drunk one, you yeah. know. Yeah, that'd be good. So, all right, now predictions. You go. go. You oh, go. you want me you to? Go. You go. All right, I'm gonna take the Hokies. Hokies. Uh, let's say 32, Virginia 21. I think, I think Virginia will get a couple. Uh, get some. I think they'll break that streak. That uh, not the streak everyone's talking about, but the streak uh, the, of scoreless scoreless quarters. I think they will break that. I think they will keep the crowd into it. I think it will be a a, a fun game to watch. But I think in the end, uh, Virginia Tech is just too, in too good a form for me to pick against them. Uh, they have more than earned uh, my backing in this in this prediction segment here so i think they're going to win i think it's going to be 16 in a row i think it'll be a little easier to write after this game just because you can write you know about virginia tech's turnaround you can write about um you know the fact that they dispatched perkins you know look who knows when they're going to have another player like that on offense that's that good that that gives you that much hope just on his own. You know, they had him last year and he was good. And he was I don't remember, you know, he had the costly fumble, but he also made some big plays for them. So I'm going to go with the Hokies and um but I uh, you know, I wouldn't be stunned if Virginia won. This is not a scenario where you know there's been some years you go in there and you're like if Virginia wins this, I'll I'll eat a pumpkin. But uh that's not going to happen here. Um <laughs> Why? Oh, because there's pumpkins right here. Maybe that's the reference. Uh, we haven't gotten rid of two small pumpkins, so I didn't understand that reference. That was a strange, but now I get it. Okay, so uh, Virginia Tech 34, Virginia 20. Um, wow, that's very similar to mine. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It seems like that's going that way, right? That they're gonna win yeah. and win. These, you know, they'll get. I don't know. It just that just it just seems like the teams that where they're at right now. Virginia Tech is the better team, but we thought that you know I think you picked Virginia last year, and Virginia was clearly the team playing better at the time, and 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 probably should have won, and should have won, and, and yeah. didn't. So um, in a rivalry game like this, I mean, you know, crazy things can happen. It really hasn't the last sixteen years, I suppose. But I mean, it's due, I guess, right? So I mean, maybe. Well, and that's the thing when we talk about Hooker and we talk about the streak. Those are two things that you feel like you feel like we have not seen a bad game from Hooker. I mean, someday he's going to have one, uh, and you just if you're a Tech fan, you just have to hope it's not Friday. You know, he's going to have an off day. Uh, you just hope it happens next year against one of the Patsies they play early in the season, rather than in a game of this magnitude. But uh, and I think that, you know he, he could have a bad game, but I don't have the kind of game like 
Willis had against Boston College return over five times. Right. Have a bad game where you can you're not giving the ball to the other team. You know, three and outs, fine. Um, you know, just don't kill your te- kill the defense. Defense playing well enough now, or maybe get that another touchdown, and that's kind of sparks things. So I think it, he could play bad, and they could still win. Do you have the over under up there? I think it's forty nine. Forty nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, I loved the under in that in that Georgia Tech game, and it went under. I mean, especially when I saw the rain, I was like, this is an under type of game uh, all the way. But I didn't expect. Tech to shut them out. I haven't looked at the forecast. Is it supposed to be good? You uh, know? I think it's supposed to be okay. Okay. Um, I can look it up right now. But yeah, uh, we should talk briefly about bowl possibilities. Like what? If they oh win yeah, because I guess that'd be the next day. Um, well, they win. Well, no, because they'd have the championship game, so they'd have another week. But I think if they win, they're almost certainly in the Orange Bowl. I mean, there's no really chance that they probably won't be in it. If they lose, uh, it could get tricky. Um, because I think Virginia would go to the Orange Bowl, and then I think probably Notre Dame would go to the Camping Bowl, Camping World Bowl, and then you know Virginia Tech would be among that Tier 1 group and get bumped down. And I was talking to a buddy of mine, and, and kind of actually I think um, you know, there's a scenario. If Virginia Tech were to get to the ACC Championship game and then beat Clemson, that would actually hurt them in the bowl because then Clemson would go to the Orange Bowl and Virginia Tech wouldn't. Um, and they'd have to hope because, like, the Citrus Bowl, can you can get in there or, or the there, there's one other bowl. Um, uh, if it, there's two opponents that are big ten, it's really complicated. But uh, I think they'd end up in, like, the camping world or even lower. So Who? Virginia Tech, if they were no, to beat no. Clemson. If they, win, if they win the ACC, they're in the Orange Bowl. Wouldn't Clemson still go because no, they're no, higher no. ranked? No, no, no. You, it's the ACC champion. Or if the ACC champion goes to the playoff, then it's the highest rank. So Clemson would just be left out? Clemson would be going to one of those, you know. I thought it was just the, the highest ranked team. No, no. The ACC champion gets to go to the Orange Bowl. And then if the ACC champion is selected by the playoff committee, then you go to that ranking thing. So, yeah, I mean, no, Tech. I mean, it would be better for the ACC if Tech lost that game because then you have a team in the playoff. But, right, right. No, but, yeah, but that uh, would be a disaster. For, for, for as, far, as far as Virginia Tech. I think they're if they win against Virginia, I think they're Orange Bowl bound either way. I think they're going to go to the Orange Bowl. You know, if they were to beat Clemson, they go there automatically. If they weren't, I think they'll. Well, be so there. scratch everything I said. <laughs> it's okay. All right, I got the um, I got the forecast here. Forty-seven degrees for the high, fifty percent chance of rain. So I said I thought it looked good. It doesn't really look that good. Um, <laughs> but it looks like the rain's we're we're two in. for two here. So I'm wrong about the uh, bowls. You're wrong about the weather. Rain's so coming in more. Ignore everything we just said. Rain's coming in later, so maybe the early start time will help out. Eighty percent chance at at night for rain. So. Um, Nobody can be happy with that start time. I'm not happy. I mean, I guess I'm some happy. reporters are, but that's crazy. I'll that's be crazy. happy at six o'clock, seven o'clock when we're wrapping things up, and we can go have a nice dinner somewhere and <coughs> watch some other games on TV. It'll be fun. Um, okay, well, that should just about do it for this week. I uh, hope you'll read all our coverage. There'll be it'll be coming fast and furious uh, through the holidays. So for Mike Nizolik, this is Aaron McFarling. We will see you next time.